I, Tim Roy for Warriors.com. We continue to mock the 2013 NBA draft. And right now we have moved on to pick number nine. But let's review so far. The Cleveland Cavaliers won the lottery, and they selected Nerlens Noel of Kentucky, the seven-foot center. Ben McLemore, the shooting guard from Kansas, went to the Orlando Magic. The Washington Wizards took the 6'9 forward from Georgetown, Otto Porter, with the third selection overall. Picking four, the Charlotte Bobcats took Anthony Bennett of UNLV, 6'8", 240 pounds, and 20 years of age. The Phoenix Suns, selecting number five, took Victor Oladipo from Indiana, a 6'4", 213-pound shooting guard. The New Orleans Pelicans making their first selection as the Pelicans. Alex Len of Maryland, the seven foot one center, who's only 19 years of age, and he goes to play for New Orleans. That left to Sacramento on the clock with number seven, and Michigan's guard Trey Burke will play for the Kings and their head coach Michael Malone. And then CJ McCollum out of Lehigh taking number eight overall, a dynamic scorer who played four years for the Engineers, and he'll play for the Pistons. They took him with selection number eight. That brings us to the ninth pick overall in the 2013 NBA Draft. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the clock. They were 31-51 and 51 from a year ago. But a little bit of change up top for the T-Wolves. Alan Horton is the voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, Alan, what's going on with the Timberwolves in, in this offseason? Well, it's been, uh, Tim, it's been a busy offseason with the change, uh, as you mentioned, in the front office going from David Kahn to bring Flip Saunders back, a former, uh, he was a GM for one year, then took over as coach, and obviously the Timberwolves had their uh, their greatest success as Flip Saunders as their head coach, culminating in that 2004 trip to the Western Conference Finals. Um, so he is in, in control and in charge. He's been there about a month or so now and has uh, kind of reconfigured that front office and obviously has a lot on his plate gearing up for this draft because the Timberwolves not only selected number nine, but they've also got the 26th overall selection. So with Flip Saunders coming back, and he's, he's a, a Minnesota guy uh, per se, and, and, and uh, with some of the pieces that they have there, Rubio, Love, uh, Pekovic, uh, Buttinger is there. Uh, are, do people feel good about the future of the franchise? What's, what's the, uh, the optimism level like for the T-Wolves fan base? I think uh, for the first time in a long time, um, people are optimistic about where this this Timberwolves team is headed, and you mentioned that record, 31-51 and 51 last year. And, and their core group of four guys, you know, Rubio, Love, Kirilenko, and Pekovic last year played a total of uh, under 10 minutes together on the floor. That's how injury-ravaged the team was last year. Love only played 18 games. Ricky was coming back from the, the torn ACL, which, as you know, Tim, really takes more. You know, you can make it back in a year, which Ricky did, uh, but we've seen Derrick Rose for the Bulls still not suited up and uh, missed the entire season. But you come back in a year, but it still takes you a while to get back to that level that he was playing at uh, before he hurt it the previous March. So um, the injuries were the story for the Timberwolves, and if, if they can bring everybody else back, Pekovic is a restricted free agent. Andre Kirilenko has a player option for next year. Uh, Chase Budinger is a, or, uh, is a free agent that the Wolves hope to bring back. If they can keep that group together, I think Flip Saunders has said that he feels comfortable with that group. That is a solid core group there, and I think um, after you, if you can get all those guys back, then the next obvious need and what they're going to do at the number nine spot is look at that shooting guard spot. They need someone who can shoot from the perimeter. When you've got a guy like Ricky Rubio that can distribute the basketball, make plays, 
Um, the Wolves were dead last in three-point shooting last year. And not only dead last, Tim, but when you look at NBA history, of all the teams to shoot threes over the years since that three-point line went in early on, you, there are teams that have shot worse than 30%, but early on, as you know, that first decade or two, uh, teams didn't really utilize the three-point shot. But you look at teams that average 18 or more three-point attempts per game, nobody shot worse than the Wolves last year. And a lot of that had to do with the injuries. Kevin Love, um, with a full season under his belt, is going to be up around 40%. Chase Buttinger, same thing. So that would have helped that percentage a little bit overall had those guys been healthy. But Flip Saunders still wants to put more shooters on the floor surrounding Ricky Rubio. And when you've got an inside presence like Peck, um, he can kick it out as well. So uh, they want a shooter at that number nine spot. Well, it's, a, it's interesting because looking at the, the depth of the team, it's probably why uh, the Wolves won 31 games. You guys have some good role players, Berea, Shved, uh, Malcolm Lee, Cunningham, and, and Derek Williams. But you're right, none of those guys is really a knockdown, you know, spread the floor type of, of, of shooter. Uh, with their cap situation the way it is, would they have to, if they can't get that shooter in the draft, would they have to make a trade for that shooter? Well, I think that's one of the thoughts. Uh, there hasn't been much talk recently about them uh, pulling off a deal, but I think, uh, you know, a lot like last year, um, they, they, they gave away the 18th pick to Houston to get Chase Buttinger. They wanted a, a more of a proven commodity than somebody coming out of the draft. So I think uh, this year, if there's a guy that they could target and put some pieces together to make a trade, I think they would be willing to do that, but only for the right uh, type of guy. And, and I think they do have something to offer. They've got the number nine pick. I think Derek Williams um, has got himself in a situation here where he's a man without a position, and he's got you know he's got Kevin Love playing at the four, and then Dante Cunningham was a solid backup to Love last year. Uh, Derek hasn't succeeded very well at the three spot. You've got Kirilenko and Bunninger there, so um, you've got Derek Williams who had a strong second half of the season. So I think he's got some trade value, and I also think um, one thing Flip Saunders talked about was having some redundancy at a couple of spots. One of those I think is Derek Williams. Uh, the other spot is the point guard spot. You've got too many backup point guards making $4 million a year, uh, Luke Ridenauer and J.J. Berea, and you've also got uh, the, the Russian rookie, Alexei Shved, who's really kind of a one-slash-two. So you've, you, you've really almost got four point guards on this team. So if you could try to package a number nine pick, Derek Williams, and one of the backup point guards, I, I think there's some value there for somebody. Um, it's just a question of whether um, you, know, they, you target the right guy and if they're interested. Um, if not, I think then they do look at that shooting guard spot with a number nine, like I said. So, Alan, one of the questions I wanted to ask you before we ask you to make the selection, uh, very tough year last year for Rick Adelman. I think he's he's been one of the most underrated NBA coaches in history. He's uh, He really knows how to to to, uh, to get a team in right position. He puts guys in the right spots on the floor. He plays to their strengths. He's not a, a yeller, screamer type. Uh, but he gets the job done. But with his wife being sick last year, is is this is this a year for that for Rick Allen? Do you think this will be it for him, or do you think that is is there any you know any talk of him not coming back? There there was at the end of the season, and uh, you know I, I think the one thing he said was that they wanted to kind of make a quick decision whether he came back or not. They he had a number of doctor's appointments with his wife concerning her. Uh, you know, she's been suffering from seizures, and they haven't really been able to diagnose why she's been suffering from those. Um, I, I think they curtailed a little bit as far as the frequency of those in the, the last month or two of the season. Uh, but he wanted to make a quick decision. Uh, there was no official word that he's coming back, so that's still a little open-ended. But I think now that we've gotten to this point, um, and Flip 
Saunders has said, pretty much hinted as much that, that he expects Rick Adelman to be back. So there's no question it was a trying time uh, this past season. And I think if, if, if his wife's uh, health condition didn't improve, I think there would be no question that he would, he would decide to move on and, and focus in on that. But uh, with, the way, with the way he, you know, there's, it, it's, all, it's all been in his corner um, as far as making the decision. I think the fans realize it. I think the front office realizes it. Ownership realizes what a, um, what a great coach they have in Rick Adelman, you know, who's just, w- with the struggles this team has had over the last, you know, since 2004, um, he's really legitimized that coaching spot. Guys like to play under him. They thrive under him. It's hard to find guys, Tim, that, that haven't succeeded under him. Uh, he's a player's coach. He kind of shrugs that off and says, I don't know what that means. Um, but the one thing he does say is that he realizes it's a player's league, and that's probably uh, step number one to being a player's coach is realizing it's a player's league, and he gets the most out of players. And there's no question that uh, he is the reason why this team won 26 games in the, in the lockout-shortened season and, and then 31 last year. So Flip Saunders, with his uh, help from his assistant, uh, Alan Horton, uh, goes to the uh, – makes the phone call to make David Stern walk up to the podium. With our draft playing out the way it is, uh, who would the Timberwolves select with the number nine pick in this year's draft? Well, I think, uh, you know, with, with Victor Oladipo, obviously he's off the board. So is Ben McLemore. Those two would be ideal. And if there's any way the Timberwolves could trade up, um, and get in the running for you know either of those two guys. I think they certainly would. But with the way the draft has unfolded so far, excuse me, I would say that the Timberwolves still want to fill that shooting guard spot. And I think the best shooting guard left on the board would be Contavious Caldwell Pope, the uh, the second year player out of Georgia. He's a guy that could turn into one of the two or three best shooters out of this draft. Um, they need someone who can knock it down from long range. He hit 37 percent from beyond the arc last season. Um, it's, it's, he's just got a ton of upside, as a lot of these guys do in the draft. But I think, um, you know, I, I just think with, with his outside shooting and his size, too, I think, I think the Wolves, who have been, you know, undersized in years past, I think they love the fact that he's 6'6", that he can play that two spot and be big at that position. That gives the Wolves really some size, because Rubio's got pretty good size at the point at 6'3", and if you can put Caldwell Pope at the two, and you've got good size in Kirilenko at the three, and then Love... Uh, maybe a little undersized, but we know what value he brings and Pekovic a beast inside. That's, that's a pretty, pretty nice mixture. So I, I already hear the chance of KCP ringing out at Target Center this year. <laughs> there you go. And I think uh, if you look at what they were, they were looking to, to get, uh, three-quarters of his uh, shots last year were from the perimeter in the half court, and roughly half of those were off the dribble. So that shows you he can shoot it off the catch and off the dribble, which is, as we know in, in uh, with Golden State, uh, that's a really big asset to have. Uh, I think I that would be a great selection for the Wolves at number nine, Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Alan Horton. If, if folks wanted to find out more about the Timberwolves as a lead-up to the NBA draft, which is coming upon us very quickly, uh, how would they follow you on Twitter? At Wolves Radio, that's uh, yeah. We'll, we'll give you all the draft information, all the workouts that have been going on, and it's uh, it's it's always a fun time of year as we get towards the draft. And you know, it's funny. Last year we didn't have a first round pick, so there was really no kind of hoopla or energy around uh, around the Timberwolves. But when you've got uh, two first round picks and a new GM and and, and 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 the possibilities of guys being healthy and and some good talent out there, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be exciting for the Wolves. So at Wolves Radio on Twitter.
You gotta follow Alan Horton as I do. Picks number nine, twenty six, fifty two, and fifty nine go to the Timberwolves. Alan Horton, thank you so much for helping us mock the two thousand thirteen NBA draft. You got it, Tim. Anytime. Contavious Caldwell Pope, the twenty year old guard out of Georgia, uh, jumps up to the number nine spot uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, Tim Roy, we're through nine picks of our 2013 NBA mock draft as we're drafting through the lottery to get you ready for the NBA draft, which is coming up very, very quickly. I'm Tim Roy for Warriors.com, and keep it here as we mock the 2013 NBA draft.